Westchester Talk Radio is broadcasting live. News, trends, and more. No one knows Westchester County better than we do. We are Westchester Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. I'm Joe Archino, and you are listening to a special edition of This Is Why We Stand on Westchester Talk Radio, produced by Shark Creative. A special thank you to our SharkCast sponsors who help us put together a spotlight on community, just like what you're listening to now. We, of course, have Hightower Westchester. We have Tompkins Mayapack Bank. We have Lapolis Electric, Michael Abriola Landscape Design, and White Plains Hospital. This is a very special Veterans Day edition. I'm pleased and honored to have Tara Melson with us. She's a retired U.S. Army JAG officer who served in Operation Iraqi Freedom and is a combat veteran of that conflict. And then we have Virginia Giordano. She is the chairperson of the board for the Barbara Giordano Foundation, which is a, a primary purpose is serving women veterans. Ladies, thank you both very much for spending some time with me this evening. How are you both doing? Fabulous. Um, so thank you, thank you for inviting us to, to speak to you tonight. Thank you. Absolutely. And again, especially with Veterans Day coming up, it it couldn't be more timely. We've got some important things to discuss, especially an event coming up this weekend, which we certainly want to be speaking about. But uh, but Tara, I definitely want to give a big shout out to you first. Veterans Day coming up. So, of course, thank you for your service. Quite an amazing uh, journey that you've had. So maybe you can start in talking uh, uh, about us a little bit about what brought you into your career in the U.S. Army. Um, well, I was an army brat. Um, my, both of my parents served, they actually met uh, while stationed in Germany. Um, my, I have extended, you know, family on both sides who served in all the branches uh, of service. And I grew up actually on the army base, uh, Fort Hamilton in Brooklyn, New York. And I was completely opposed <laughs> to anything military, uh, my entire life growing up into young adulthood because, um, you know, I just watched it all around me and I I thought it was just very rigid. And, you know, I, I definitely had authoritative father, um, you know, uh, in my face all the time. But I, I went on to law school. My financial situation um, became a little bit difficult for me. And because I was familiar with the military and I, I had already an appreciation for what it involved, um, it just seemed like the natural course uh, for, for me to um, enlist at the time as an enlisted soldier during law school and also do ROTC and then perhaps consider, you know, the JAG Corps because I was going to law school. And I, I, I took the time during law school to explore and learn what the JAG Corps had to offer, how it differed. Um, you know, the pros and cons, how it differed from working, you know, in the corporate sector or working for the government. And I guess the biggest takeaway from that is, you know, the ability to experience all all fields of law, I guess, you know, you, you kind of get rotated and you get to explore a lot of different fields and you travel and yeah, you know, you, you get to do a lot of exciting things in or, or first time things that you would never get an opportunity to do as an attorney outside of uh, the military. And, and I had some of those opportunities that were very special and definitely very unique. And they only come around once in a lifetime. So um, I, des- I decided to commission and uh, as an officer. And so, you know, I just, I did a lot of different things. I spent a lot of time on active duty, and, um, spent a lot of time in the reserve, a kind of a combination 
of both. And ultimately, um, I did wind up having to medically retire. Uh, I had a lot of injuries. Um, and I also, you know, had to deal with some mental health challenges, which is how I came to meet Virginia and her organization uh, a few years ago, back in 2017. And, you know, so I'm still very connected. Um, I, I work uh, for a family company, Consultants for America's Veterans, and we help veterans to, you know, obtain, um, you know, a variety of, of benefits that they're entitled to, which is very difficult um, for them to do on their own, or even some of these other, you know, organizations that handle them, they're just so overloaded with, with volume. And it's hard for them to really give a lot of their undivided attention to each particular veteran. And each case is so important and unique, even if they have a similar situations, everybody, you know, really should be treated special and, you know, have a lot of attention, um, you know, devoted to uh, helping them to obtain disability benefits or wh whatever it is, you know, that they're entitled to. And I'm happy to be a part of that. And, um, and I'm happy to be reintegrating myself into um, back into the civilian world. And, you know, it's, um, it's, it's been a bit of a struggle. Um, I, I was able to further some of my, my legal education after I got out. And so, you know, I, I just appreciate people like Virginia and staying connected in, in the, the world of veterans and seeing how far we've come, how far we've come um, in terms of, you know, how we're treating women or the things that we want to recognize um, that are unique to women, women, women in general, but, you know, certainly women veterans, we face all sorts of challenges that I think um, everything isn't perfect, but it, we've come a long way. You know, and you you can definitely see it, and it's reflected in the statistics and the studies that are done, uh, you know, year to year. And so Virginia is the most passionate person that I know. You know, in terms of wanting to help women veterans and, and help them to succeed, help them to deal with um, mental challenges, you know, related to their service, um, related to how they were treated in the service because they were a woman. Um, you know, aside from just their duties and or the other things that you know all all um, service members might experience, but she really cares and she's always looking for inspiration and to develop new programs that are not out there. You know that you're not going to find or that they're not here in the United States. You know, or and and how can we help uh, women veterans? You know, outside of the United States or located all the way in Hawaii or Alaska. You know, and they're very far removed from us. How can we make them feel more included? And so um, this Peace Garden is, is very important. You know, it's a symbol for all of us. And I, I believe it's the first garden uh, of dedicated in, in honor of women's veterans, I think, in the entire United States, if I'm not mistaken. So that's something that is, um, I, I think, a true feat. And we really appreciate it. And we're super excited to, to have the ceremony and recognize it on Saturday. So that's kind of me um, in a long nutshell. Um, and I'm happy to answer any, you know, specific questions that you have. Um, but that's sort no, of, of course, we will definitely come back. And I obviously want to talk about the Peace Garden, some other things. But, but Virginia, to you now, I think what what an incredible, you know, testament that just was from Tara kind of about, I mean, in a nutshell, I think, you know, that's what you're all about, what your organization is all about. But just kind of tell us for, for people who maybe just want a quick rundown, you know, what what when did you get involved in the Barbara Giordano Foundation? You know, what is the how did that philosophy come to fruition? Well, actually, we're an organization that's 25 years old. And wow. but for the first 20 years, we focused solely on 
women in general and the empowerment of women. It was just five years ago that the board um, really did a deep dive and said, you know, is there a group of women that really could benefit from our resources and our passion and our work? And none of us were veterans, which is the interesting thing. It wasn't that, you know, it, it spoke to us naturally. But when we did our research, we found that there are a lot of veterans organizations, but very few that were specifically for women veterans and not any that we could find that were actually run by women. So we decided to kind of narrow our focus and our mission became just about women veterans. And our mission is really twofold. One, to provide wellness opportunities um, to help the women when they were transitioning from military service into civilian life. And, and as Tara mentioned, to provide things that they can't get other places. And um, so, for example, we, we provide equine therapy. Well, there are some places that provide something like that, but first of all, it's very expensive and it is difficult to find. Everything we do for the women veterans is free to the women, okay? And the second part of what we do and what we're passionate about is putting a face on women veterans. When people think of veterans, they almost always think of male veterans. And yet there are almost 3 million women veterans in the United States. And if you ask people, well, do you know a veteran or do you know a woman veteran? Almost inevitably they say they don't. And part of that is because women veterans don't tend to identify as veterans for a lot of reasons. They might think that because they didn't go to a war zone, that doesn't make them a veteran, which of course is not correct, but there is that, that thought process. And also it's just the nature of women, I think by and large, that, you know, well, I did that, uh, you know, I have to move on. I have a family to look at. I have my children. I have all those other things that I have to deal with. So they don't, what you don't see women do by and large is speak about their time and service. Or when you go someplace, they don't wear a hat that identifies them as a veteran or a jacket or them where you, you see men doing that quite often. Mm. And so the purpose of the foundation, as they said, is really twofold. One, to provide those services that they can't get someplace else um, that will help them to empower them and to provide them with opportunities to live really healthy, productive lives. And second of all, to really educate the public about the role that women have always played in the military from the American Revolution. So that's what we're about. And I'll make a point. So I, you know, I, I have a lot of physical issues. I, I used to live at the VA, actually went to the VA earlier today. Um, my feet are a wreck from the combat boots. So I, I, I probably have to have surgery. So I had the procedure done today. I have gone to the VA so many times and been asked in the waiting room, for example, or when they call a name or I go to sign in and they say, oh, are you, are you signing in for your husband? Oh, is your husband here? Because they assume that I'm always the spouse. I sometimes even have, when I, if I'm in civilian clothes, even a woman in a uniform will say to me, oh, are you the spouse? You know, or it, it, as a JAG, you know, they just assume I'm a paralegal. They don't see women as, you know, being the lawyer, you know, we're, we're, the, we're the help. And the, I guess the majority of maybe, I'm trying to think of all the units they've been in, I guess the majority of the, the male JAG, the JAGs uh, were male 
especially on active duty. But, um, you know, we, it, it is, it's, it's kind of, it's very pervasive um, even now, you know, outside everywhere I go. And I guess I just thought I wouldn't see that anymore once I left the service, but I, I still get it. And some of these people at the VA who are saying this, they're ex-military themselves, you know, when they're working for the government jobs and they're kind of locked into that that same mentality, you know, and, and instead of not making an assumption or just asking, are you the veteran? That's probably the better way to ask the question, you know, and let me say, no, my husband, you know, I, mean, I don't even have a husband, but <laughs> if I had a husband, I could, you know, I could clarify that. But I just, you know, dismiss it. Um, just, you know, it's, it's just kind of a form of ignorance and it's not done intentionally, you know, or to make me feel badly, but that is just still the culture, you know, that exists, uh, unfortunately. Um, and you're very right, Virginia, in, in terms of women don't identify as veterans. That's also the reason why, as far as, you know, medical care at the VA, they had to create like these case manager positions specifically for women because women weren't coming in to claim their benefits. They weren't even coming in to get that care that they are entitled to, to get a primary care provider to register for, for VA. They didn't even know that they were entitled to benefits. So they now had, you know, case managers handling women exclusively, or now you get to go to a prior primary care provider by regulation now can be a woman. You get that choice. You, you, it's not just whatever's available. There's a whole women's clinic now. You get to choose if you want a woman GYN, if you want to just have a primary care who's a GYN. So, you know, it, it's it's slowly, you know, coming um, a, a long way, you know, in increments. But I think there, there has been improvement. Uh, and an organization like Virginia's, and if you multiply that, right, and you had that kind of a presence maybe in every state, I think you'd see even more results. You know, but she's working. She part. She she tries to partner. You know, and really find other organizations to network with that can you know further um, you know advance the mission to to focus on women. You know, and and help women so that everyone in the United States, every woman in the United States, has someone that she can turn to. You know, for for help for whatever it is. No, it's amazing. We have a saying on this show: duty goes both ways. You know. People like you, Tear, go go overseas and you defend our freedom and our nation. And then when you come back home, it's it's our turn to take care of you. And what a wonderful example of that is, you know, for someone like you, finding someone like Virginia to turn to. Now Virginia is stepping up and taking care of veterans. And, you know, I think that's what, that's what it's all about. And it kind of segues into my next point, which is, you know, for people who are listening, who want to support the foundation, who, you know, listen to this and they say, you know, I, I want to make sure our woman warriors are taken care of. They get the acknowledgement they deserve. They get the respect that they deserve. You know, uh, maybe Virginia, we'll start with you. Then Tara, we'll, you can give your points too. But, you know, where, how can they support your organization? What other tips would you get them for educating themselves and, and just making sure that if they have any any assets or any um, resources or even talents of their own that they can use those to help the cause? You know, they can always reach out to the Barbara Giordano Foundation. So through either, you know, via our um, Facebook page or Twitter, or they can go to our website, which is um, GiordanoFoundation.org, and they can um, send us a note there, or they can call the foundation, whose number is 914-686-8002. And they can speak directly to me. And um, so, and I can give them certainly suggestions about things that 
they might be able to provide or that they can help us with. You know, it's not just about raising money, but it's really for the foundation, although we are a not-for-profit, we are 501c3. And um, as I said, we do not charge the veterans anything for any service that that we provide to them. And over the course of the pandemic, for example, in the last year and a half, um, one of the positive things, if there's even any positive things about the mm -hmm. pandemic, was that we were able to do a lot through Zoom. And so that broadened our reach because before that, we were primarily um, addressing people's needs, veterans' needs in the tri-state area, which was New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. As a result of going online and doing everything through Zoom, we have people from all over the country reaching out. So we have people from Alaska and Hawaii and Puerto Rico and a couple of women veterans who actually moved to Canada but are still connecting with us. So it's exciting for us because it broadens our reach, but it's really exciting for the women veterans who come to these programs because that what they get to do is to reconnect. And it's a, just a powerful thing to see. You know, we, we had a, a, an event just last month, actually, that was called Conversation and Cookies. And so we wanted it to be fun, but, and it was just about getting people together to have that opportunity to talk, you know, and to just in a, in a casual setting. So, you know, who came in their pajamas, who came in a bathrobe, who came, I don't know what else, but they came. <laughs> and then, you know, who was drinking tea, who was having wine. And then what we did at the end. So the conversation just went on for an hour and a half and it covered so many different topics. But these were people from women veterans from all over the country and they got to connect. And so the, the comments later on from us, uh, to, to us, was that they made, made friends. And that was really the point of this is that we wanted people, we wanted the women veterans to feel connected, not alone. And, you know, the pandemic could do that, but also just transitioning from the military can do that because in the military, you're with other people. You know, that is how you spend your time. And when you leave that, you don't necessarily have that support system any longer. So that was the point of that particular program. And by the way, the Girl Scouts then gave us cookies and we... <laughs> We provided, we sent boxes of cookies to everybody who participated in the, in the workshop. So that was really a highlight, I think, for a lot of people. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of where the title came from, Conversation and Cookies. But we were able to do, you know, I, I think almost four dozen different activities over the course of that year and a half. And so now we continue to do a lot of things online. We're transitioning some of the programs to, um, you know, in-person kinds of things, but but by and large, um, we're excited by the opportunity to be able to connect with so many women veterans all over the country. And so if people want to get in touch with us, obviously they can do it, as I said, through, through you know, our Facebook page or through Twitter or through the website or by calling us. And um, how can they help? Yes, money would be helpful to us because... Obviously, fundraising for any not-for-profit is always, you know, a concern. Um, but I think, you know, and my board would hate for me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think even more important than that is the fact that we want people to recognize women veterans and the important role, and I'm going to say this again, the important role that they have always played 
in America's history. Very well said, Virginia. And uh, Tara, did you want to add anything to that? Um, I guess I would just say that I am a personal example. So it is possible where you can be of value um, in whatever talents or skills that you might possess um, to help, you know, this organization in a, in a non-monetary way that could, could be impactful. And it is really as simple as just picking up the phone and calling Virginia or sending an email. I, when I initially reached out to this organization, it was to um, inquire about the equine therapy. I don't remember whether I saw a flyer at the VA or somehow I got a flyer and it was intriguing and um, I didn't understand, you know, I, I read a little bit about it, but I, I didn't quite understand it. Uh, but I, I do love horses and this particular location, I think it's Armonk or Brewster, Virginia, where we went. It, wow. It's Brewster, yes. If, if you went there for no other reason than just to sit in silence um, on, on, on this huge pasture is rewarding enough. You don't even need to be surrounded yeah. by horses, but um so, you know, once I really got a good understanding and I developed a rapport with Virginia instantly, she was just, she's very authentic, very warm and caring. I consider myself fairly authentic. I mean, what you see is what you get with me. Um, and I think so we were both just very candid with one another. And I just simply asked her, I said, look, you know, um, I'm, I, I kind of reintegrating and I'm obviously working through my issues from my past, from the service. And equine therapy is great. I like to sign up for it, but I believe in what you do. Um, do you have any need for me? Is there any way that, you know, maybe I can contribute? I, I don't know if you already have somebody who can, you know, bring some business or legal expertise on your board. Oh, you have? Oh, that's fine. But you know what? If you ever you need to bounce anything off of me or there's any other way that I can contribute on a volunteer basis, and she was, she thought that that was such a great idea, you know, because she wasn't committing to anything necessarily. And, you know, I was just letting her know that I was open. And there have been a few times where, you know, she's contacted me and I, I am able to feel like I can contribute, you know, in some way to whether it's a particular project or just getting the word out. Um, I'm doing something. I'm not getting paid for it. It's not in the form of a donation, but I think they find it helpful. Um and so I just want to say, if anyone is asking, you know, it doesn't have to be an official board seat, right? Because that's very limited. And there has to be a particular need for, for, for that particular board member. But they're never going to turn away help. <laughs> I mean, that's for sure. You know, for whatever it is, they have to do things like, you know, maintain websites and, you know, got to be creative. And, you know, if you have certain skills that they find beneficial and you're willing to volunteer, that's never going to be, you know, turned down for sure. And, and then through that, you'll get to be invited into their world. You'll get to be invited, you know, to events. I was, in, I'm invited to this, you know, peace garden. Um, obviously I'm a woman veteran, but, you know, um, I, I really appreciate it, you know, that I can get to see the fruits of, of, of their labor. So it's, it's very easy. It doesn't have to be, you know, a, a formal process. And, um, and you will find when you do meet with these women, there, there is a bond. And, and sometimes, um, you take a group of, of veterans and, and I'm going to speak in general for men and women and we've all suffered in some shape or form, right? Or we all have stories, we all have experiences and so we don't always have, have a solution, right? 
when you come together in this uh, collective forum. So it's an opportunity, of course, for you to share, but for you to also feel like you don't have to convince someone, right? Because almost everybody has been through what you've been through in some form or fashion, but there are solutions that can be offered and it, it takes the weight off of you. It's like you walk around sometimes feeling burdened, like there's no outlet or how do you cope or how do you move forward from a situation? And when you could do it collectively and you're hearing how this person you know, is is doing it this way or things that they found to be helpful, you know, it, it can go a long way. And sometimes you don't even need a solution. You need to speak to someone who's almost like a carbon copy of you. You can talk to your family. You can talk, you can go to see a, a therapist at the VA who's never served. But if, if you don't have others with similar stories, it's not the same. And in fact, you may not even want to talk at all because you just don't have the energy. You feel like they're not going to understand you and keep it inside and internalize it. And it's just a way where, you know, you get together and you're like, oh God, the same thing happened to me. Or I know, I know, I, you know, I know how that is, or, you know, something like that. So in any event, um, and in this organization, no organization, uh, would run the same if it didn't have a director like like Virginia. And that's really all I all I can say about that. Just beautiful. And I really appreciate uh, that all of the insights and uh, all the contributions that you, you've talked about there. So obviously we, we, we got it. We're coming to the end. So we have to talk about the Peace Garden that's coming up just to let everybody know. So it's a Peace Garden honoring women veterans going to be on November 13th at 11 a.m. at the Greenberg Library. So Tara, I want to go back to you because obviously you being a woman veteran who's put on the uniform, who's been around other like-minded veterans, what do you think something like this, something symbolic that's always going to be there forever, has a lasting place, people will always be able to walk by it and know the meaning of it. What do you think the meaning behind it is? What does it mean to you as a woman veteran to know that that's going to be there? Well, um, I mean, I, I appreciate that there is some tangible, you know, f- form of recognition, uh, a place to come that might be a resting area to, you know, to come to one day and just sit and reflect in, in your in our thoughts um, and have something to look at, you know, that has pictures um, or statues or, you know, just it's filled with nostalgia and memories for the good or the bad. You know, it's, it's just a quiet time to come by yourself or with other women veterans, you know, to come and congregate together at a particular um, location that, that is very meaningful, even maybe spiritual for some people. Um, And that, that can be very powerful, but I think I even am more grateful for the fact that there isn't another, um, there isn't anything else like this. So first of all, the fact that we have it in our backyard, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're all kind of local here, you know, and, and it really is just a car ride away, you know, and it's open to the public. Right. So we can go sit there and reflect, you know, anytime we feel like it, we don't have to get permission. You know, we don't have to jump through hoops. It's, it's there for us. Um, and it's also there for people who haven't served you know, and they feel like very removed and disconnected, but they're aware and they know, and they're thankful, you know, for people who do uh, perform, you know, perform service. This is also a nice way for them to go. They can reflect, they can imagine, you know, what's been done or what it would be like had, had they, you know, 
it had they joined. Um, many of them had con- contemplated it. You know, some of them tried, you know, and they weren't accepted. It's just, it's something to look at and something that I think will just be very heartfelt for everyone, whether they're a, a male or female veteran or just a member of the public who appreciates um, anyone who served for our country. And so, and, and th- so I thank you, Virginia, for making this a, one of your priorities, um, a special project. And we're all going to be, we're all extremely looking forward to seeing each other again on Saturday um, and thanking you in person with a big hug and a kiss. Mm, very yeah. well said. And in Virginia, I'm sure for you, you're almost at the finish line here of this of this monument. I'm sure getting there and waiting for the unveiling is very exciting. But can I kind of tell us, you know, what what has been the process like, you know, from start to finish? What what was the initial idea? And uh, what was the process of like getting getting it to this point where it's almost a reality? Well, as I said, you know, part of the mission of the foundation is to educate the public about women veterans. And when I started to do some research about doing something concrete, figuratively, um, about women veterans. You know, I I was shocked to find that there didn't seem to be any public space that was actually dedicated specifically to women veterans. And so um, the board and I decided that we would establish a garden because it would be beautiful and it would be in a public place and everybody would have to see it and have to understand that it was dedicated to women veterans. So that was very much part of the the mission. And um, so I actually went to the town of Greenberg and uh, the supervisor there. And I told him what the idea was, is that we wanted to establish a peace garden. And he suggested um, the town of Greenberg's library property because they have beautiful property there. And um, they gave us some land. And so that was where we, we constructed this, this garden. And it, you know, it speaks, I think it's just really the perfect place because it's right there in the, in the public's eye. You know, you can't really go into the library without seeing it. And, you know, every day when I go, because, um, you know, we're still tweaking the plants, et cetera. And I see people sitting there already and yesterday I saw it was a it was three generations. It was a grandmother, a mom, and her their her son. And they were sitting on the bench and they were looking at the garden. And the grandmother was talking to her grandson about the flowers because each of the plants that's in the garden represents a particular term or philosophy that we associate with veterans, such as valor, loyalty patriotism. So nothing was put into that garden that was not meaningful. And then the other thing that we did about the garden was that we wanted to make sure that the garden would always be beautiful in every season. So every season, something is in bloom. It's always green. It's never going to look like winter, you know, (laughs) can look sometimes, which is, you know, um, brown. So it, it is, it's not a huge place, but I think it's a very beautiful place. And I think it is going to serve as a constant reminder, not only to bring the community together and people together, whether they be veterans or not, but also a constant reminder about the service that women veterans have provided us for the whole history of our country. 
Just amazing. And uh, we're certainly hoping for a very bright and warm and sunny day for you <laughs> like we've been having, because it's just, uh, I think it's uh, absolutely incredible. And the story which behind the meaning of the words and the flowers, in fact, it's so much meaning was put behind it. It just doesn't get any better than that. And obviously with Veterans Day being this week, um, how could you pick a more meaningful time to unveil it to the public? So just amazing. Let me thank you both for your time so much tonight, for coming on and sharing your wisdom and experiences. Virginia, thank you so much for all the hard work you do. I think I think Tara kind of put it so well and how much how much meaning is behind what you do. So thank you. And, then, and Tara as well, same to you for Veterans Day. I hope it's a very meaningful one. Thank you for your service, for everything you continue to do. Um, this has been a really, really incredible interview. And I always think I come away with this as much as the audience does learning so much. So thank you both so much for uh, for just enlightening everyone so much today. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Wonderful opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, looking forward to uh, seeing some pictures uh, from that big day. I know it's going to be a really great one. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. And I uh, thank you for tuning in. Make sure everyone uh, they, on all of their platforms, you can check out the Barbara Giordano Foundation. Uh, you've heard it first, what they do, all the incredible work. So I'm Joe Archino. You're listening. This is why we stand on Westchester Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Westchester Talk Radio. Powered by Shark Media, a division of Shark Creative. And made possible by Entergy Indian Point Energy Center. Visit safesecurevinyl.com.